The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. <clears throat> Jesus went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. So I'm not going to mention his name here, but I'm going to be talking about the big guy up north with the red suit, the white beard, who we call Nick for short. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so... Now, I don't think that there was a four-year-old in the world that believed in this guy more than me. Looking back on that magical time in my life, the warmest memory I have is that this jolly guy knew me and cared about me. He read all my letters, knew what I wanted, and out of the billions of kids in the world, showed up at my place and delivered just what I wanted under the tree. Now... If you've ever talked to anyone that's been healed, freed from addiction or depression or reconciled with a spouse, what amazes them more is that God heard them and helped them out of the billions of people in the world. In Exodus, the Lord said this to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Many of you may be thinking, well, I've prayed to God, and he's just not listening. But he is listening, and he is acting. For our part, we need to just hold on, believing that he's heard us, and he's working in the silence. Growing up, our family started off in the projects. That's uh, geared income housing, right? And, um, but eventually, we moved on up to the east side, just like the Jeffersons, you know? Moving on up. Okay, you guys know that. That's it. Okay. My mother's storage was full of spam, and for you younger people, that was a mysterious form of meat that you eat, not junk mail that you delete. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's the best I got today, guys. <laughs> so I remember uh, everyone in the neighborhood had a bike except me. So one night I asked my dad, Dad, I want a bike. I kept it simple. He was silent, he never said a word, no answer. But deep down, I knew I had two things going for me. I knew he heard me, and I knew he cared. And I waited. It took four months, and during my dad's silence, he was actually saving up to get me a bike. So now when God is silent, what's going on? Why was Jesus silent to this Canaanite woman's request? Now keep in mind, Jesus is God in flesh. 
true God and true man. He gave no word of response. God in flesh doesn't speak to her. What's going on when God is quiet, when God is silent? Now his disciples come up, and these guys are going to be a big help, right? They come up and tell Jesus, get rid of her. She keeps shouting after us. So there she is. Her daughter's troubled by a demon. God is silent. And the people that are supposed to be doing his work are saying, get out of here, you're causing a racket. So that's the scene. What would you do in that case? Well, I tried, nobody cares, I'm out of here. But what does she do? She doesn't think her way out of this dilemma. She believes her way out of it because she knows he heard her and he cares. Jesus says, my mission is only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She doesn't want a theological answer about how the members of this household are the Jews and the dogs are the Gentiles and how the order of salvation is first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. No. She breaks through that and kneels before him saying only one thing, Lord, help me. We come to Jesus. We need to break through our own thinking and keep it simple. God, help me. That's it. Simple. You know, the greatest thing that I've found in my 45 years of coming back to the church is that no one that says, God, help me, has God ever denied help. Say with me, God, help me. God, help me. When it's rough, God, help me. When it's tough, God. When I don't know what to do, God help me. This Canaanite woman just wanted help for her daughter, and she knew where to go and who to ask. She believed in God's individual love, saying, even the dogs are fed the crumbs, meaning, even I, a sinner, am loved by you. Jesus can now say, woman, you have great faith. Your wish will come to pass. He now has what he wants from her, and at that very moment, her daughter is freed. God, in his silence, waited for something to happen in her first. Very often, we're praying for somebody else, and what is God doing? He's doing something in us. He's doing something in us first before it comes to pass for somebody else. Because Jesus is the developer of our faith. He can use those difficult situations to develop the muscles of our faith and to develop the skill of waiting. Waiting on the Lord is not a gift. It's a skill to be learned. It's true. To wait, to wait with an expectancy that he will answer, that he will bring to pass what you're asking for, maybe not in the way you've asked, but he always hears us and he always gives what's best for us in the long run. Now in the waiting time, something is going on inside of us and we have to hang in there. If we want to absolutely wreck the devil's plan for our life, then believe that God is working in the background to answer our prayer in his time. And the greatest truth about God is love is that it's individually distributed as well as collectively. St. Paul, he says in Galatians, the Son of God has loved me and has gave himself for me. He 
still would have died even if you alone were the only person on the face of the earth. So therefore, it's not the mass of humanity that Jesus loved, but individual persons, because God's love is infinite, and what's infinite, it cannot be split into parts. It's all in all. There are millions of hosts that are consecrated every day in churches, and each consecrated host does not contain only a part of Christ's body, but the whole Christ. It's the same with his love. There are billions of individuals, and each does not receive only a portion of Christ's love, but the fullness of his love, whole and entire. This is not a made-up fairy tale. It's the reality of our existence. The difference between God and the jolly bearded guy up north is that God shows up every morning to listen to us, and he can't help but to love both the naughty and the nice.